Father, we thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. I ask you, Lord, that you guide us now with truth. And, Father, with a word that cuts down to the marrow and the bone. And, that Father, in this training period that we're in of our spirits and our souls, that you strengthen us and that we answer the call. And that, Lord, we're not those who retreat, but that we be the bride that stands strong and helps to prepare the way for your coming, Lord. For, Lord, we know that the old ways aren't going to persevere and make it. It's all new, Lord God. So we're calling upon the new. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, once again, thank you for being here. And uh, I want to wave to all of you way in the back. God bless you. I see you. And it blesses my heart to see you. Um, as I was seeking the Lord, trying to gather understanding, uh, I'll share some of those personal points with you. But very early in the morning, I think it was about three mornings ago, a couple mornings ago, whatever it was, I sort of lost time for a while. Uh, the Lord took me to the book of Luke in chapter 2. Chapter 2, we know, is the birth of Jesus. So I thought that quite different, a little premature for Christmas. But nevertheless, I went. And as I did, the name Simeon jumped out at me. And I began to take time and deliberate over the scriptures, starting in verse 25 through verse 35, this little glimpse of a champion of the Gospels, his name, Simeon. And it was the time of the purification of Jesus. Jesus was abiding the law. And the law was that the male who broke the womb would be brought in, and that that male would be purified in the temple. And it was a cleansing rite, a ritual, a mitzvah, a spiritual mitzvah. So when these days had come according to the law, it said that the sacrifice was given according to that which should. And then in verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit. He came by the Spirit. He came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he looked, took him up in his arms and blessed God. If I may give you a visual he had to have some kind of a priestly mantle in order to dare pick this child up in the holy temple of God after a sacrifice. You don't do that in the flesh. And he presented the Lord Jesus Christ in his arms and in his hands to the Lord. And this is what he said, Lord, now you are allowing your servant to depart in peace even according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light 
to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Let's go back to verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. That word consolation, when you break it down, has a few meanings, but the one that jumped out at me was rescue. Waiting for the rescue of Israel. Waiting for the deliverance. Waiting for the peace. And as I meditated upon that, the Holy Spirit spoke into me and he said, Son, what is the source of your consolation? What is your rescue? And what is the most important thing in your call for me at this time? And I said, Lord, you know it's to help prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. He said, son, that's your consolation. That's your rescue. That's your peace. You see, beloved, everything that we're seeing, that we're experiencing, everything that is happening is all a plan that God understands completely. Don't try and rationalize in your mind, is this of God, is that of God, is this of God? Don't try to put the pieces together, especially according to roadmaps that you might have received. You know, there's a blessing in being in the Lord a long time, and there's a problem with it. And the problem is getting bound up in traditions getting bound up in religious teachings, getting bound up in expectations that man came to some kind of a conclusion about. Our challenge, because we are that generation that's preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. He's coming. Our challenge is to let all of that not dull what the Holy Spirit is showing us and speaking us today in the Word of God. If you're alive today, the first thing we need to do, and I think I'm preaching to people that are alive, the first thing that we need to do is to ask the Lord to allow us to have that same zeal that Simeon had, that we want to persist and make it to fulfill our assignment for the consolation of Israel. Now, in this context, Israel represents the kingdom. There's an Israel and there's the kingdom. But in this context to us, the Lord is saying, is your consolation, is your peace, is your zeal, is your commitment the greater commitment of my kingdom? Or is it about your own passions at this time? And so I said, Lord, when my passions overcome my zeal for what it is you want me to do. Please check my spirit. So I've gone through a couple days of humbling. Humbling. Humbling and resting in the Lord 
and staying quiet. Not daring to say what I want to say. Not daring to try and direct the path of the Lord. But all I could say is, Lord, you know, here I am. Make me strong that no matter what happens, I don't waver. Let me finish my race. Let me not stumble. Let me not pursue my own name. For Lord, I don't count. You're everything. That's the heart God wants in his people right now. That's what he's calling us to. Your doubt, your worry, your fretting, all those passions, they're not going to change the plan of God one bit. He's got it. God has it. Jesus is coming again. And so, as I pursued that, I moved on. And yesterday morning, the Lord began to pour this out to me even before I got up very early that I left to go work. Another word for consolation is comfort. Simeon was waiting for the comfort of Israel because Israel was stressed out. Israel's leaders were blind. And so Simeon knew that he had one assignment, and that assignment was to lift the God child up in the holy temple and bless him to the Lord. That was his assignment. That what he was born for. That's what he breathed for. That's what he ate for. That's what he lived every day in the fear of the Lord for. Having to stay just in the Lord without the blood of Jesus. Righteous enough to be welcomed into the temple at that moment that the Holy Spirit showed him, this is the promised one. Now bless him. Just what if your whole life is for a moment? And when you come to that moment and you look back at all of the other little dots that connect, they really don't matter much, do they? All the stress, all the anxiety, all the fears, all the failures, all the moments, all the debates, all the religion, all the plans. We need to consider that spiritual waiting is not the easiest thing to do. In Revelation, we understand that when the devil's released because he knows he has but a short while, and trust me, he knows he has but a short while. There's the salt and pepper of the faith of the saints on his tail, and he's running hot and furious. It says that it would require the patience of the saints to persevere. No other time in Scripture is it defined for God's people to have to have that kind of patience. It's the only time. 
because he knew that when it came to this time that we were on the precipice of, that we need a supernatural patience and peace and a faith. A faith that's beyond the kind of faith that we might have been trained up in or even that we think we walk in or the one that we've been accustomed to. The plan of God and waiting are so closely linked that you can't separate them as a believer here on earth. If there is one theme that best describes the tone of the soul, in the book of Hebrews, in the chapter of the Hall of Faith, it's waiting on the promise of God. (laughs) And you notice how God did it for them? Same way He's done it for you and me. We have a series of faith builders. We have a series of experiences in our lives and things that occurred and happened, relationships that we just happened to come upon at a desperate time. And we build upon those. But something about human nature, we so easily forget yesterday's victory in the face of today's problems. But yet the Lord, as I was, I'm not even going to tell you the kind of work I was doing yesterday morning. I could just tell you one thing. It's stinky work. Smelly work. I was praising the Lord, thankful that I could do it, thankful for a sunny day, thankful that I had my health. I had a young guy, a Mexican that Pastor Harry introduced me to, name's Felix. He was working with me Friday. We were working hard, strong. We went all day from early in the morning, 6.30 until 3.30 or 4, and we were all like this. We were getting tired. Our hands hurt. Our legs hurt. The sun was beating us down. We were out of water. And I said to him, how old are you? He said, I'm 40. I said, you work good. He said, how old are you? I smiled. I said, I'm 68. He goes, you work real good. praising the Lord in a circumstance that in the natural you would say, why am I here doing this? And then the Lord brought me through a series of things and I lost time while I was doing it for about, I don't know, a half hour or so. And he began to remind me in the Holy Ghost of all of those victories in my life. Victories I didn't even No, and was aware of at the time they happened starting as an infant child written off as dead in less than 24 hours miraculously cured of leukemia when they had no cures at all in 1953 1954 there was no such thing as radiation treatments there was nothing they gave you a lot of sulfur so I'm told all of the instances in my life 
And there were many that brought tears to my eyes. I said, Lord, forgive me for ever doubting you. How could I dare doubt you when you've been so faithful? And the one thing that jumped out at me was how faithful he is even when we cannot be as faithful. And then I realized one of the main reasons that God became man was so that we could really look up and say, you know how I feel. You just didn't think me into existence and release me without understanding my soul, my emotions, my fears, my doubts, my hurt, my wounds. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, son, I'm not only with you, I'm in you. Oh, I needed that. And I said, Lord, if I'm going to be a fool, I'm going to be a fool for you. To the last breath I have. For what else is there? What else is there? And so the theme for today The theme for today is a faith from the grave type of faith. <laughs> a faith from the grave type of faith. That's not common faith. Common faith is what we train up in and hopefully what you've been trained up in this house and in this ministry so that we immediately when something doesn't line up with the Word of God and who we know He is and who we are, we, we, re, we resist it. We reject it. We don't accept the bad news of the doctor. We don't ex accept those who say that you can't be something or do something. We don't accept the memories of the past and the mind blinder and the accuser of the brethren who comes to tell you everything that you have done wrong and how bad you've been and how you've blemished your history. Who comes to tell you that your value, your integrity is destroyed. He's a liar. That's common faith. That's bigger faith than a lot of people have, but to me that's common faith. No. There's a faith that goes deeper. There's a faith that's stronger. There's a faith that you and I can have, but we must have it. In order to survive in this time that we're in, and as we look at the church of Laodicea, and it's very clear, there's three types of people that ascribe to be Christians. The hot, the lukewarm, and the cold. For me and my house, hot. Hot. Mm. 
if we want to survive as hot, then you better realize and accept that your giants are bigger. Your battles are more terrifying. The requirements on you are stronger. The assignments are greater. But in all of that, the Lord says, I will give you a faith that will shake heaven and hell. But you must exercise it. And so we have the faith. The type of faith. The grave type of faith. Beloved, it seems irreparably out of sync right now on the whole earth, doesn't it? COVID everywhere. Nations shutting down again. The foes of God and freedom somehow have enough riches while the rest of the world is struggling to survive on the precipice of bankruptcy. We see communist China spending money like fools, no end. Buying up businesses, buying up nations. We see billionaires who are almost trillionaires funding countries to influence their view of the world system. This isn't the only country in political disarray, beloved. It just happens to be the one we live in. And we understand there will be those who say peace and peace and peace and peace, and then comes destruction. So we could follow the false comfort, or we could believe in the consolation of Israel. Peace that passes all understanding. Yes, it seems irreparably out of sync. Chaos. And I too find myself struggling in the Lord with this. When somebody wrote out to me, somebody very dear to me wrote out to me three days ago. They call me their father, their spiritual father. Dad, what are you doing? I said, I'm believing God in blind faith. Blind faith. Not just for an election. I'm talking about he who is coming. This will pass. He's coming. And if I allow that to determine my zeal for God, if I allow any circumstances to get in the way of the call of God in my life as ignorant, as unqualified, as a man with a sordid past, as one who has missed it more times than I got it right growing up, if I allow these circumstances to get in the way, then I will not finish my race. But by the grace of God, we shall. But we need a faith. A faith that goes deeper. We need a faith that is from the grave 
type of faith. We need a faith that starts off with this question. When it all seems gone, when dreams in your life seem like they're slipping away, that's when we need the faith that starts off with, but God, but God. And when it gets down to when it's only God, then we need the faith that comes from the grave. Jesus said this prayer in the throes of death. I've taught it to some of you before. It's one of the ones that's etched into the soul of my heart, my mind, my being out of John 17, most powerful prayer of the Bible. The prayer of new creation. The word from the word himself that sustained him even on his journey to the cross, from the cross into hell, resurrected and ascended back to the Father. A prayer that he knew the Father would honor even when he had no fellowship with the Father. Comes out of the book of John, chapter 17, verse 5. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. (laughs) I could preach on this till tomorrow morning, this one scripture. Jesus reminded himself and the Father who he was. I am the Son of God. I've had this glory Not just a name, not just a title, not just honor. Glory, the very substance of God, the essence of who God is. I've had the God stuff equal with you from before this world even was. And you could almost hear him paraphrasing, and now I find myself in this world, and I'm about to become sin. And I'm about to descend into hell as a treasure of the devils. For those people that you love, Father, you love them so much that you gave them me. I'm going to do it, but I have this prayer. This is my prayer I release today. Listen to me, church. This is my prayer I release today, but it will echo in the chambers of hell from the grave. And when my time is the darkest and the most stressed and the most gloomy and the most lost, when not a soul that loves you can hear me, when I'm I'm surrounded by the bulls of Basim, as it says in Psalms, who are there to devour me and are gnashing on me, who are celebrating that I've been defeated, celebrating that you've been defeated, this prayer, It shall echo in the chambers of hell. And this is my prayer from the grave that I release today. Give me back the glory that I had with you from before the beginning of time. And so we cry out, Lord, 
Let us have that kind of faith. That faith that says, even though it's dark and even though they say that I've lost it all, even though the word of the Lord seems as if it's been lost, hear the word that echoes in the chambers of hell. Father, you knew us before the beginning of time. You chose us before the beginning of time. You put us in this place before the beginning of time. And Jesus went on and he prayed this in this same prayer of John 17. He said, Father, I pray that they be one, even as we are one. Me and you, you and me, we and them. And the glory which you give me, I give to them. When I come out of the grave for the glory, they come out of the grave for the glory. And the prayer that I have sealed on your hands with their names written before you always, oh, something about the hands of God. (laughs) He says, no man can pluck them out of your hands, Father. For I have sealed them with my prayer My prayer that was released in eternity and it echoed in the chambers of hell. I've sealed them with my blood. I bought them with my blood. No one can take them out of your hands. And to make sure, Lord, that they know who they are and that they can have that same power of resurrection, I give them the glory that you gave to me the God stuff, the power. For Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. And so are we. That's the prayer that echoes from our hearts. The grave type of faith prayer. The same power that you look at the tomb and you say, Lazarus, come out. This isn't for death. Oh, but if only you would have been here three days ago. He wouldn't have died. No, you don't understand. This isn't for death. This is for the glory of the Lord. The grave type of faith. The type of faith that Joseph had. Stumbled, imprisoned convicted of rape that he never did, a felon, cast out, lost. Somehow, by the grace of God, he works his way up into a position where he can take vengeance on his own brothers. And he finds a place to become a father of faith to them. And what were his final words? When you go back to the kingdom, to Israel, the one that you traded me away from, take my bones with you. I want my bones there. I want to know that I finished my journey from faith to faith. From faith to faith. A faith a grave 
type of faith. Have you felt forsaken in your life? Have you felt forsaken recently? Have you wondered why you have to experience some of the things in your life you're experiencing? Why when you thought it was just getting right, it all of a sudden you got the carpet pulled out from under you? Maybe again. Philippians 3.10 That I might know him. How many of you say, I really, I really, 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 really want to know Jesus? <laughs> well, here's the rest of it. And the power of his resurrection, the type of faith that comes from the grave. That's what releases that power. Overcome her faith. Overcome her faith. Grave type faith. Faith that takes it right into the strong man's house and grabs him by the throat. Tells him, I win. Because you lost. Because Jesus is greater in me than you are in this world. And the other part, the fellowship of his sufferings. Well, the most graphic words we have from Jesus himself about his sufferings. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Lost. The first and only time except for his extended period in hell that he didn't have relationship with the Father. My God. But I know as he gave up that last breath, he went with the consolation of Israel because of the prayer that he released that we have recorded in John 17, 5. You'll hear that prayer from the echo chambers of hell. And when that time comes, Father, when you have been satisfied that the penalty of man's sin for the whole world has been paid, you're going to get me out. And you're going to raise me by the glory. I'll tell you what, in spite of what I was doing, oh, you want to hear the best part of that? <laughs> Yesterday, I had to unload a trailer full of heavy stuff, and one of them was a 500-gallon tank. And I was getting tired, and I wanted out. I wanted done, so I cut a few, few shortcuts. It was on the back of a big trailer, and I got a pipe. And I leveraged it, and I said, yeah, we Jews, we know how to leverage. We used to move these big stones for the pharaohs, and we Italians, we could cut, you know. And I let out a scream, yes! And that thing hit a thing on the bottom of boulder. It bounced up in the air and went rolling 40 feet right into the side of my truck. And it was in slow motion. It was like, and I'm in my mind, what can I do? What? 
stopped and I looked like this and the poor old guy that was driving the trailer, he couldn't help me. He goes, I looked at him. I started laughing. I said, the devil's a liar. I said, you know what? I want a new truck anyway. He said, you only had that one three months. I said, I'm getting a new one. He says, well, won't you lose? I said, nah, the enemy thinks I'm going to lose. God going to get me a new truck. He said, you are crazy. I said, absolutely right. I said, let's pack up our stuff and go home. I came out and saw my truck this morning. I started laughing. I said, the consolation of Israel, Lord. These things don't matter. This stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God's got it. He's got it. He's got it. So, a little longer than I wanted to go, but. Beloved, even in the throes of death, there is indeed a faith that overcomes the grave. My prayer for you and I is what I wrote. Even in the death throes of ultimate failure, total loss, chaos, despair, confusion, there is a faith from the grave that explodes with power and overcomes. And as I read that again, and I wrote that yesterday morning, very early before I left, you know the visual I get now? It explodes with power. One man, one man moved an 800-pound tank, and it exploded with power. I just didn't understand the power of it, but now I do. The faith that comes from the power of the grave. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand and thank Him for it.